Welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Thanks very much for joining us on Healing at the Speed of Light this afternoon, this evening here. My name is Jason Roundtree. I'm a chiropractor and a certified medical laser safety officer. This is Christy. Christy has been with me for a long time. She's a certified laser tech, and she is also the lead engineer of all the online training materials that we produce here at Laser Therapy Institute. Laser Therapy Institute is a membership network of expert laser therapy providers. If you're a patient looking for laser therapy and you don't have um, uh, one of our clinics nearby, you can always reach out to us. We'll try and find somebody near you. But if you do have one of our clinics nearby, that is the place to go for great laser therapy. You can find a clinic near you by going to our website, lasertherapyinstitute.org and you can look on the clinics tab. There's a map there. You can find a clinic near you to hopefully get some help if you're looking at laser therapy. Laser therapy is what we talk about on here, healing the speed of light. It is now known more officially as photobiomodulation or light therapy or phototherapy. There's a whole bunch of words. We just say laser therapy because that's what it's been for the longest and we're still kind of stuck on that one. It's easier to pronounce too. It is. <laughs> it is. I told somebody today the new word is kind of photobiomodulation. They said plobobiomodulation. I said, yep, exactly. That's exactly right. So, um, Laser therapy is what we'll go with, but when we're talking about laser therapy, we're talking about non-invasive light that can stimulate changes in the tissue. So not burning, not cutting, not surgical laser, but actually using non-invasive light to safely stimulate healing. Mm-hmm. And tonight, we're going to use the research to look at how that works for tendon damage. So, I Very think exciting. Good. Yeah. Very exciting. How many people do you know that have had tendon injuries? Quite a few. Mm-hmm. And actually... Myself. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've had a tendon injury and it's healing. Good. It is very close to being done. Excellent. So that's wonderful. Yes. Good. Well, let's talk first about what a tendon is because not everybody's going to be familiar with what a tendon really is. And we'll go into what happens inside of a tendon injury. So a tendon is just connective tissue that attaches muscle to bone. And so it's very, very dense, very tough, very fibrous, not a lot of blood flow, doesn't really need a lot of blood flow. And uh, it connects your muscle to bone. So that's what allows you to move, right? Use the muscle to actually make things move. Very, very similar to ligaments. Ligaments attach bone to bone, but both of those are connective tissue. So if you hear the term sprain, probably heard that like an ankle sprain, that means damage to the ligaments. Mm -hmm. If you hear the term strain, it means damage to the muscle, but it can also mean damage to the tendon. It's a good distinction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it'll just be kind of blanket, oh, you got a sprain strain. And that's just because we don't know which one's really Mm -hmm. injured. But either way, it's pretty similar. Uh, But those are what those terms mean. So if you've heard that before and weren't quite sure what it was, sprain is a ligament injury and a strain is a muscular or musculotendinous injury. So that can happen for a number of different causes. A lot of times that is a single traumatic event. You, You fall, catch yourself, or... Um, you have a sports type injury that happens, you end up with a, a tendon tear. Uh, it can also happen just over time. So if you have a really repetitive motion type job or sport that you do, you, you kind of put extra wear and tear on that tendon and it becomes damaged over time. Those are the kind of two ways that that can happen. Um, and what, what really happens is that a tendon is not just one real like piece of tissue. It's actually a whole bunch of tissues mm-hmm. all linked together. 
And so because of that, you can have damage to some of those tissues and not the others. And that means that you can have a, a wide variety when it comes to a tendon injury. So if you have a tendon tear or a tendon injury, it can mean several different things. You might have just have a few of these fibers that are disrupted. You may have complete ripping across the full length of the tendon. Um, and that's where a lot of times you'll see like a bicep that has mm -hmm. torn and then the bicep muscle retracts, mm -hmm. goes all the way down, right? It doesn't have any more connection. Those are both, you know, those, that's a tendon tear, but that's a complete tendon tear. Right. So uh, those are some of the things that can happen with a tendon injury. Most of the tendon injuries that happen out there are the partial tears or that fiber disruption process. Mm -hmm. Painful? Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Even just a partial tear can be very, very painful. A lot of times the complete tears are actually not as painful because it's torn and then it's done. And there's mm -hmm. nothing the body's trying to, you know, the body's not trying to repair it or warn you about it. It's, it's already too far gone. And then that requires surgery to repair. Yes. Whereas you can repair a partial in other ways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. That's exactly right. Some partial tears will need surgery, but you're mm -hmm. exactly right. Most of your partial tears are not going to need surgery. They need to be healed in other ways. However, a mm -hmm. full tear, a full tear in most cases is going to either need surgery or sometimes there's just nothing you can do about it. Depends on the tear. Depends on where it's at, mm -hmm. uh, how uh, how necessary that muscle is for your day-to-day -day life. You know, mm -hmm. some people tear their bicep and it just really doesn't stop them from doing things and so they just continue on with life and they're really no worse off for wear. Other people, you know, um, may tear something completely and immediately have to have surgery. Wow, yeah. So let's talk about who has tendon tears. Mm -hmm. Who do you think can have a tendon tear? Athletes. Athletes, for sure, definitely. So most of the time you're gonna see tendon tears in younger people, younger athletes especially. Mm -hmm. Who else? Elderly. Elderly, mm -hmm. yep. Fall injuries, repetitive mm -hmm. motion injuries. Mm -hmm. Who else? Are you baiting me? Not really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, athletes, mm -hmm. um, elderly. Athletes and the elderly, um, those are two those are, are the our two biggest commons. groups. Mm -hmm. yeah, but just about anybody, you right. know, anybody outside of, of being very young, very young child, mm -hmm. can have a tendon injury, um, you know, whether it is due to that. Uh, athletic type injury or overuse, repetitive motion, that kind of thing. So really just about everybody is vulnerable to some level of tendon damage, mm -hmm. tendon injury. Where do the most tendon tears happen? Well, hamstring areas. We know that can be one. Bicep areas. Bicep. Mm -hmm. um, probably the knee. The knee, tendons um, in the knee. like the ankle. The ankle. Mm -hmm. uh, shoulder. Yeah. Everything has Everywhere. tendons, right? There's you know, tendons in the neck. Those there's are tendons. the bigger areas. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, really, there's there's tendons all over the place. So if you end up with a tendon injury, it really can be anywhere. Right. The two most common sites are in the Achilles tendon, right behind the mm -hmm. ankle, right? You already mm -hmm. mentioned ankle. Mm -hmm. And then also in the, uh, in the rotator cuff muscles up in the mm -hmm. shoulder. Mm -hmm. So rotator cuff uh, simply refers to a group of four muscles that help mm -hmm. to rotate the shoulder and they are a little bit more prone to the repetitive motion type injuries or throwing injuries. Right. Um, and so that's, those are your two most common. That's not to say that you can't have tendon injuries elsewhere. Those are just mm -hmm. the two most common. In the last two weeks, I've looked at three tendon injuries in the Achilles tendons on ultrasound and diagnosed those. Um, mm -hmm. So that's very common. But then a couple of weeks before that, I don't know if I saw three or four shoulder mm -hmm. rotator cuff tendon problems. Well, you... Use your arms and you walk all the time. Right. <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to avoid those kinds of injuries if it's going to happen. Right. So. Yeah, certainly, certainly. 
Good. So that's what a tendon injury kind of looks like. That's where they happen. That's who they happen to. Um, outside of that, though, you know, those are the most common. That doesn't mean that you can't have a tendon injury in your low back or a tendon injury in the hip, mm-hmm. or the hamstring, or the knee, and so forth. So those are just the most common areas to have that. Uh, type of injury but what goes along with the injury itself we already said pain is Mm -hmm. a big indicator so what do most people want to do when they have pain well stop the pain yeah you know they want to figure out the way to to make it not hurt anymore Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people will go to ice or heat Mm -hmm. yep um yeah exactly you want to get rid of the pain and and you'll do things to, to get rid of it so one of the things i want you to take away from this chat tonight is the pain is important to address yes but also you want to think about the repair process Mm -hmm. because you have pain right now that's got all your attention but what you don't want to have is pain and injury and disability down the road so while you're thinking about the pain that you have right now with the tendon injury you have to think about what happens later so that's what we're going to talk about the right now getting it feeling better right now but also let's think about the long term what happens down the road in a week a year 10 years you know Mm -hmm. where where do we want to be with that tendon injury because seriously these things can drag out for a very long time yes they can (laughs) yes they can (laughs) exactly so um you already said some of the common self-care things that people do one thing you didn't mention was over-the-counter meds and that's probably one of the most common uh, aside from maybe ice Mm -hmm. you know uh, people go to uh, over-the-counter meds all the time um so before we really get into what some of those do to the tissues and, and why those work, let's talk about what the actual repair process looks like. Because that'll give us a framework to kind of talk about what we're doing when we take things like over-the-counter meds or do ice or heat or exercises, right? So I've got a picture, a very exciting picture. It's going to cover us up. And if you're listening to the audio version here, um, we will try and put a link to at least this video so you can see this picture. But it, I think this picture will just kind of help people understand the different stages uh, of tendon healing. So we're talking about non-surgical tendons, tendon issues, right? We already mentioned that. Um, you know, we've got um, we, we've got partial tears essentially that are going to be non-surgical that mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about um, going to the surgeon for those full tendon tears that's surgical we're not going to really address that so much tonight but the partial tears go into this these three different phases of repair so you've got the inflammatory phase the proliferative phase and then remodeling the tendon shaping phase it's sometimes called so the inflammatory phase occurs within the first 48 hours of tendon injury so the first two days of tendon injury so blood clots kind of fill that injured site Uh, And then fibrin continues to develop and attach to the damaged tissue as the inflammation develops. And then you get into the proliferative phase, that second phase you see on that picture. And that is mainly characterized by the formation of granulation tissue, including proliferation of fibroblasts and synthesis of collagen. So that's the body starting to try and meld that tear, merge those tissues together. Um, And so it's, it's forming granulation tissue, it's bringing in the cells that build up scar tissue but also cells that build up collagen which is what these tendons are made out of the remodeling phase that third phase there uh, or the tendon shaping phase that is characterized by remodeling of the extracellular matrix which deals with kind of cleaning out 
old damaged cells, uh, cleaning out some of the scar tissue, and then building up more collagen and in order to kind of replace that damaged tissue. So you're inflammatory in your first couple days, then the proliferative stage, and then the remodeling stage. Those are the three different phases of tendon repair that happen over quite a bit of time. Really, that re proliferation phase can be a, quite a while, several weeks, and remodeling can go on even for years in some cases. But those first 48 hours are the inflammatory phase. So that, those, that's what it looks like. If you get hung up on any of these phases, if they don't work to completion, then you don't end up with complete healing. You don't a lot of times end up with sustained pain, dysfunction, further tearing, and so forth. So given all that, let's go ahead and cover this up so I can see myself again, <laughs> and Christy. Um, so given all that, let's go back now to what people do. Ice, heat, over-the-counter meds, very, very common, right? So ice, number one that actually limits blood flow right. in the inflammatory phase, which reduces the effect of that inflammatory phase. And most people are programmed to think, oh, less inflammation is good, right? Not the case, not the case. in the inflammatory phase. Mm -hmm. So if you use ice, there's a chance you may not get what you should out of that inflammatory phase. You may drag it out or it may get cut short because you're actually limiting blood flow to that area, limiting mm -hmm. that repair properties uh, in that first 48 hours. Now you do need to control swelling but you want to be very careful about using ice overly, using right. ice in that first day. Uh, current recommendations are to use ice uh, initially, just maybe once, to control some swelling, and then elevate the leg and try and or or, or the the arm or whatever the injured area is, elevate that area so you can minimize the swelling and get it moving. Mm -hmm. It's no longer rest and ice. It is elevate and move. That's what we want to be doing. Elevating and moving. Very minimal ice use in that in very initial tendon injury time. Heat can actually encourage more swelling, so we need to be mm -hmm. careful with that one, but it at least doesn't diminish the, the inflammatory repair process. Um, however, most people don't find a lot of relief from heat, so that's why a lot of people go to ice. Mm -hmm. The last one is what so many people do, over-the-counter meds. Mm -hmm. What kind of over-the-counter meds would you think people take? Well, there's ibuprofen, there's acetaminophen, um, the anti-inflammatories. Anti-inflammatories, mm -hmm. which you need some of the inflammation in order to help promote the healing. So there's a balance there. Yes. And we don't always understand that balance. Well, right. I mean, most people are not in the healthcare profession. Right. And, and even a lot of those who are don't really dig into some of the things like this. So I'll just go ahead and read from this study that we're looking at tonight, which, by the way, this study is titled The Functions and Mechanisms of Low-Level Laser Therapy in Tendon Repair. It's published in Frontiers in Physiology back in, well, just this February of this year. Mm -hmm. So what they say about this uh, if I can, oh, I lost my place. Stand by. There we go. What they say about the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, like ibuprofen, they say that they have been widely used in clinical practice, but due to their innumerable side effects and lack of therapeutic efficacy, they are no longer used as a preferred treatment modality. And that was from a study back in 2008. Wow. But we still see people using ibuprofen, yeah. Tylenol, things like that all the time. Mm -hmm. In this case, they say, look, not only do they have t tons of side effects, but they don't even work. Stop <laughs> using them. Stop using them because it does interrupt that healing process. So what would people use to help cut down what? on the pain? Yes, because that's a that's great question. Because that's what they're after mm -hmm. initially is to control some pain until 
you know, more of the healing can happen. So what what does so this do study do? recommend? What does this study? I don't know. The title might say something about laser. Mm. Yeah, laser therapy does work. There's a few other things that can work too, and some things that you can even do at home immediately. Exercise, basic, very simple non-straining exercise, just getting those tissues moving can actually do a lot to bring down pain levels, believe it or not, and help with stimulating that healing and recovery process without holding things back like over-the-counter meds do. Also, uh, shockwave therapy can be used quite well. Now, most people don't have a shockwave machine mm -hmm. sitting in their house, so that's something you probably have to make an appointment for, see so your PT or your, your um, chiropractor or your orthopedist for. Uh, but shockwave therapy can work quite well for stimulating more healing and bringing down uh, the level of pain as well pretty quick. Because when we have something painful, we typically want to avoid causing more pain. And, you know, when you talk about moving and, and doing exercise or something, that seems like it would be causing more pain. But it sounds, I mean, I'm hearing that movement is actually the best thing. Yeah, you know, we've been, as a society, I think probably a little too worried about movement. Um, and in a lot of cases, you want to kind of move through some of the pain. You don't want to cause yourself more damage. We're talking about safe motions. For as an, as an example, if you have a rotator cuff tendon issue or a even just tendonitis, mm -hmm. really any kind of shoulder injury, one thing that is very safe to do and usually painless is letting the arm hang and then moving it in a circle. It's called a pendulum. And that seems like it wouldn't be much, but just even that amount of movement. It's movement. Exactly. And it gets the blood flow going. and so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So go for movements that are safe, that aren't exceptionally painful, and just realize that if it is a little bit uncomfortable or a little bit scary, it's okay to go slow, but movement is going to be something that is helpful. So I'd encourage people to move. Don't overload the tissues. We're not looking right. for you to go to the gym and start throwing on weights, yeah. but move that body part so that it can start exchanging fluids it can really trigger some of this healing it will bring down pain even though you think ah that's scary mm -hmm. it might not mm -hmm. yeah but of course laser right exactly <laughs> I, I knew we were going to get there eventually. we're, we're going to get there yeah so laser therapy they say can considerably improve cytochrome c oxidase activity and enhance the oxidative metabolism of cells well that just really gives us a lot of answers right yeah okay so <laughs> what they're really saying there is that by using laser, laser therapy, just safe, non-invasive light, mm -hmm. you stimulate the ability of the cell to create energy. And more energy means faster and better repair. It also means less pain. Mm -hmm. So if you can get laser therapy applied to that tendon injury, uh, in most cases it will feel better very rapidly and it stimulates better healing. They say that the short-term effect is that applying laser will upregulate the ATP content, which is cellular energy, but the longer term effect is that the tendon repair process uh, will be in the phase of cell proliferation, which is what we want, right? We want to get to that cell proliferation phase where things are repairing rapidly, get through that inflammatory phase, get into cell proliferation so that we can repair quickly. That's what laser does. It gets you through those steps very quickly. Let's talk about how. They say that during the inflammatory phase, laser therapy primarily promotes angiogenesis. Do you know what angiogenesis is? Not to tell you. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Angio means blood and genesis means creation. So mm -hmm. it actually helps with promoting more blood vessel creation in the damaged area. And we already said blood flow is good. We blood want blood flow good. there, right? Mm -hmm. 
It says it also helps to regulate the activity of the angiogenic factors, so the control, the body's control system for where it builds blood vessels. And that helps you get through the inflammatory phase faster. That's where most of the pain is. Right. Second phase is the proliferative phase, right, where the body's trying to repair. And they say that this is often uh, accompanied by the formation of a large amount of collagen fibers and that laser therapy can primarily promote collagen synthesis by promoting fibroblast proliferation. Now, fibroblasts are the cells that build up fibers, right? Fibrous mm -hmm. tissues, collagen tissues. And so we want more of that. Laser also reduces TGF beta content after tendon injury, and that reduces the probability of tendon fibrosis. And tendon fibrosis is when it gets all tough mm -hmm. and gnarly, right? You ever bite into a piece of meat and find a big old piece of gristle? That's fibrosis. We don't want that in our tendons. No. Also, it helps to reduce the probability of a series of complications such as tendon tearing post-surgically while promoting collagen synthesis. Again, more collagen is better. That's what your tendons are made out of. You want more of that. Laser therapy treated muscles have not evidenced excessive scar formation during the repair process and they also show a large number of, regener large number of regenerating muscle fibers. So we already said tendons tie muscle to bone. We want more muscle fibers in better shape. We want them regenerating nicely. We want more collagen. We don't want fibrosis. We don't want no. scar tissue. That's more painful. It and is. And that causes pain as well. Yes. So. Plus, if you rebuild a tendon with a lot of scar tissue in it, is that tendon going to be stronger and more resilient? Or is it going to be a little bit more vulnerable to injury? I would say the latter. You're exactly right. Mm -hmm. Scar tissue is great at holding things together, at least in the short term, but it is not stretchy and doesn't have the recovery well, that regular tendons does. It's stiff and tough and not brittle, but it, in, it's in a more way. prone to breaking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it can hold things together pretty well, but yes, you put some shear forces on it. It just doesn't have the kind of rubber elasticity. band. Yeah, exactly. That's a perfect word. Yeah, the elasticity <laughs> that a healthy tendon should have. And then in the last, that tendon shaping phase, that, that um, kind of recovery phase, they say that laser therapy can effectively reduce pro-inflammatory cytokines, which is the cytokines are cell signalers. And so if it reduces that inflammatory side, that helps re reducing pain and mm -hmm. minimizes scar tissue buildup. They say it also upregulates mRNA expression of anti-inflammatory cytokines, so also your body's way of controlling inflammation naturally. Mm -hmm. They say that doing laser in this third phase significantly reduces the degree of tendon fibrosis and stiffness, maximizes the growth of fibroblasts, and improves contraction after tendon injury, thus improving the repairability of muscles. Sounds like a good thing. It is. It's a great <laughs> thing. So really what laser is doing in these cases is just helping the body go through this process mm -hmm. efficiently with mm -hmm. less scarring, less fibrosis, you're coming out with a better tendon. That's really your number one takeaway is that laser is going to help with the tendon repair and recovery process, which means less problems down the road, mm -hmm. less pain while it's happening, less pain down the road as well. So laser is a great thing at any stage. And that is probably a good point too. The faster you can get laser to it, right. you know, in these first 48 hours, the better it's going to go. Mm -hmm. You know, the more laser you have early, the faster you can move through that painful inflammatory phase, get into that proliferative phase where the repair is really happening and minimize the scar tissue that happens in all those phases. Right. Whew. Wow.
I know that was a little bit heavy on the details, maybe, but uh, people ask all the time, how does laser work? This is really how it works. It works with your body's mechanisms. So. It just spurs your body to do what it's supposed to, really. Yeah. We're just spurring it along. Yeah. Enhancing the process. Yeah, exactly. So. so if you can get laser quickly, that's great, but what about if you've had a tendon injury for a long time and it simply is not recovering? Can we use laser then? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. It just takes a little longer. Yes. Um, might be, require stopping an activity temporarily, not mm. stopping movement. You're still going to move still, but maybe holding back on the strenuous activity that was being done, the repetitiveness, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. But it it heals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It heals. It can heal. Even if it's been around for a long time, in most cases it can heal. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks very much for joining me. If you have questions about this material or you'd like to read the studies, shoot us an email, info at lasertherapyinstitute.org, or you can leave a comment on this video on Facebook or YouTube. You can also find other uh, videos that we've recorded, other podcasts on any podcast app. Healing at the Speed of Light is what you can search there that we've done. This is, I think, our 101st episode. We've done lots and lots of different topics kind of like this where we look at the research and see how well laser can work and why laser works the way it does. Yes. You can look at it on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook. And like I said, if you're looking for laser therapy near you, you can go to our website, lasertherapyinstitute.org. Look on the clinics tab, see if there's someone near you. Ever expanding. Ever expanding. Mm -hmm. Thanks for joining me tonight, Christy. Thank you. Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening.